What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkin? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Hey, Clarabelle, did you bring... Wait, Clarabelle, are you there? <laughs> I'm joking. Hi guys, it's just me right now. So, uh, originally Clarabelle and I planned to have chapter 7 and 8 be one episode, but we had way too much to say, so we're splitting it into two, and we've got the normal episode coming up, but we just don't have our usual intro, so it's just me dishing out excuses. While I have you, uh, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge what's going on in the United States. It's been a very scary week with, like, literal terrorists, like, befalling the Capitol in a coup, and... Trump inciting insurrection and like I don't I don't even know I think literally right now he's giving like honors to golfers something crazy like that I hate him but anyhow it's really it hasn't really just been a scary week it's been scary for a long time like a long long time and people are exhausted and so if if you need a reminder to take time and space for yourself in order to process what's going on uh, it's okay let this be that reminder and. While we know it's small in the big picture, Clarabelle and I, we really hope that this episode of Celebrity Book Club, and just in general, the, the podcast Celebrity Book Club, offers some sort of break or reprieve or relief uh, before we all dive back into the, the hard work of carrying on and surviving and existing and, and fighting against all of these injustices. So escapes are important, and that's what we can provide. We hope that this helps you recharge, and uh, yeah. Anyhow, I'm going to I'm gonna bring the mood back up because I can, I can sense Clarabelle is teleporting to me through the ether and we're going to get back to, to modeling in a second. But yeah, this just felt like an important thing to say before we, we carry on with our usual antics. But on with the show. Back to Modeland by Tyra Banks. Every, everybody get some snacks, get a drink. Mm-hmm. If you drink alcohol, you will want some alcohol. Um, <laughs> chapter eight is called Welcome to Tea Dodd. <laughs> I'm refilling my wine right, right the hell. So we made it, girlies. We made it to T Don. We're here. Damn it! I it's the moment. Oh, I've been looking forward to this. I really have. You know what? Like for one, I I have a lot of anticipation around this. After all of this, you know. Yeah. Hype. I'm I'm here. I'm at T Don. I'm excited. But of course, we have to begin with. Um, this is actually this was absent for a few chapters, but we begin with uh, another one of the like sort of Greek chorus italicized. Yes, it's um, back. She's back, yeah. Um, Phil's back. Phil, it's Phil. <laughs> I now hear this all in Phil's voice. If you guys haven't listened to our interlude episode featuring Phil Stamper, I really suggest that you do. Highly uh, recommended. Yes, highly, highly recommended. Or a lot of the things that we say and do are going to be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So we pick up with the Greek chorus, and they're mainly talking about this thing called the plague. This was this was a wild, <laughs> wild ride. Right. People who don't get picked for T Dodd. Just quick summary. If you don't get picked for T Dodd, which most people don't get picked for T Dodd, you could succumb to the the plague. Those intrepid females, aka pilgrims. So of course it's only females that I think succumb to this because it's only females that can get selected for, for model land. Which, Boo. Yeah, which we don't like, but Boo. whatever. Females. Um Gender is a social construct. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> 
this is this does not bode well, but whatever. Oh my god, um, Auntie G is gonna be so mad when Auntie they hear G's that. Auntie G's gonna hate this. <laughs> oh my god, don't tell. Auntie G is our Auntie G is a reviewer who left us a really nasty review, but it was I for think, the wrong podcast. <laughs> it was for the wrong podcast. <laughs> it's like two women who are millennials. <laughs> so like, mad. Discussing social justice issues, like you should just read the book and say, oh, whatever. Yeah, good luck, Auntie G. Um, but we're thinking of you. Uh, anyhow, so the Pilgrims, all female, um, they get a laser focused vision on like making it to Model Land, and this is this is what they call a plague, the Pilgrim Plague. It was mentioned before, but now we're getting like a real description of like the symptoms of it. Right, and like you, you basically you can't accept that you weren't chosen, and there's mm-hmm. profuse sweating, massive headaches, bulging veins. All sorts of crazy shit. So, and the plague is terminal. So if you get it. It's you, actually terminal, you, darling. You dead. <laughs> Where's the line? My favorite line. This might be my, my, <laughs> the plague is worse than the one you might already be familiar with. The B one. Bubonic, <laughs> Why is the bubonic plague in this book? The so this B one. The B one. You know how to dark ages. We're in a plague right now, Tyra. This is sensitive topics. Exactly. Um, Triggering. Yeah. The Pilgrim Plague, however, is terminal, darling. Darling, sorry, with an H. Um, and I'm not referring to an airline departure lounge. <laughs> Genius. Incredible, right? We love it. And in the, that, that's it, though. That's all we get, really get from from the from the omniscient POV. Cause, yeah. Because um, then we're dumped right back into, into the story. So definitely what i'm thinking is either tookie or miracle are gonna get the plague yeah because it's come up a few times so unless it's one of the can the parents get it i think it's gonna be zarpesa (gasps) no our queen i do i really do i think that something's gonna happen like what she's been in the story presently so far i don't think she's gonna get selected because we haven't seen her since but i mean why would we uh i don't know she she sounds like maybe someone who would be desperate enough because remember remember She's she's digging out of the trash for food, so um, automatically we have sort of the you know the tragic poor person like Ugh. desperation abound. Um, yeah, that Zarpezo, seems, that seems like the... we love you, Zarpeza. We don't. I don't wish this upon her. I'm just predicting it. Yeah. Um. So we're in downtown Ladorno. There's tons of people. Um. One really cute thing that I loved is hmm. that they had candy. What, what what cotton candy? Okay, they had cotton candy in the shape of Intoxabella hairdos from the latest Model Land magazine fashion editorial. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cute. I think that's a, such a cute idea. Um, yeah, that was cool. I like that. It, so, and then there's obviously people with uh, hats um, of CL and like where the hell is CL? Now I feel like we're talking about CL from Twenty One, um, <laughs> but we're not. <laughs> you know what? would be so if the intoxibellas are so famous we've never heard a single name other than cl and that really drives me crazy it does and weird. it doesn't have to be this way because i, I didn't think of like <laughs> daniel clayton's like the the bells it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't have to be this way and i know that because i've read the bells which is actually really similar to kind of what this book professes to be and if you haven't read yeah. the bells it's incredible it's really well done and it has a lot of like similar trappings to, to this particular book, but you're constantly bombarded by, like, the paparazzi talking about uh, the bells in this book, which are kind of like the Intoxibells in, in Model Land, and 
It's just done so differently. And I, I keep thinking of that book as I'm reading Model Land and, and I don't know, maybe I'll have to reread it to sort of like refresh myself. Yeah, we definitely mentioned the bells in another episode oh, yeah, in, have, yeah. in like if you want this book, but like done at a master level, read the bells. Um, It's very, very good. Also, the the uglies by scott westerfeld which the yep. bell which inspired the bells then uh we there's a man selling photos of exodus the new teleporting seven mm-hmm. this made me cringe because like what are the odds that their plan is called exodus and like suddenly there's also a seven named Exodus. Like to me, that's just very strange. Um, dumb. It's really dumb. It's oh, very there's strange. also protesters, which mm, I liked. Mm-hmm. I actually, I kind of like this. Like suddenly, like there's actual dimension to this world where people are protesting. Yeah. Like the tyranny of like T Dodd and T Dodd's a crock, phony exam. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that there's like a counterculture against this because that's actually very realistic. Yeah, I agree too. I really like that. I felt like it gave it more substance and like a little bit more conflict. In regards to something like T Dodd, which would have people against it. Yeah, it does. It does make it more realistic. <laughs> so you had predicted this in an earlier episode, um, and it got confirmed here. T Dodd really is just <laughs> 50, fifteen minutes straight of girls just walking around. Like when they say they're gonna walk in T Dodd, there's no like organization to it. It's just the town square and girls are just like, walking. <laughs> It's not even music. <laughs> when, when, so who is it? Um, uh, it's Tookie's mom. Okay, so it's Creamy says, yeah. now Miracle, you know that you must runway walk the whole 15 minutes. The music is playing, right? <laughs> no chassés. No, no pot of bourrées. You hear me? You have to walk. They have to walk for 15 minutes. And the way that, like, we have, we're not going to see in this chapter, like, how it's set up. But because they're jockeying for positions, I feel like it's really all over the place. There's not, Mm -hmm. like, set times or, like, runway or, like, you know, A through F goes on at this time. Nothing. I feel like everyone's (laughs) just running at the same time. No, they're just, they're just, like, walking around, and there's, like, fountains that are, like, jettisoning, like, people out of the square, and there's a there's a description of the town square, and you'd think that it would be sort of, like, deployed to, like, give us an idea of, like, what it's like, but it's actually just more confusing. It just says that there's, like, a huge town square. T-Dot's happening all over the world, by the way. Like, many people all over the world are walking, but uh, Ladorno is sort of, like, the, the capital, right? Metopia being, like, the closest to the, the, the mountain that Model Land's on, so it's very popular. Um, yeah. And they describe the town square as, like, it's enclosed on three sides by buildings, and the fourth side is just facing the mountain. And there's also, this is, like, fucking random, but there's three obelisks that Oh are, my god, what the fuck? appeared out of nowhere. And, and we're just now learning about them. They they appeared six months ago, and there's, like, people making pilgrimages to it, like, as the, as if they're, like, religious. Yeah. We're just now finding out about it, which is, seems very strange to me. The description of the whole area is just yeah. a fucking disaster. Like, I could not, like, if I tried to draw this, it would just be, like, squiggly lines. Like, I can't, I, ca- yeah. I can't picture it well, in like, my head. Well, like, this in, like, the mountain, like, the mountain was the most perplexing description I had ever heard. And then I read about, like, Metopia's capital, Ladorno's town square. And it 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. It is so disorienting. Um, and to give some context, by the way, one of the obelisks is bis-colored with spots. <laughs> Someone calls it an ugly-ass obelisk. Babe, what the fuck is going on with this? Like, really? And then Tookie's like, I don't think they're ugly. Oh, I think she's they're so architecturally interesting. Okay, guy in our MFA class, thank you for that. Yeah, truly, thank Thanks you, devil's for being, advocate. Th- Thanks for being not like other girls, dumb asshole. Coming to the defense of these random-ass obelisks. Who cares? Let's get to the T-dot. And... <laughs> We don't. We, there's actually a lot of stuff that has to happen ahead of time. They, like, there's, first of all, there's the Walker's Village, which is, like, basically the Olympic the Village. Olympic of, like, Village, yeah. <laughs> oh, And one thing I will say, I really liked that we found out that T-Dot is happening all over the world. That was fun. But I didn't like that <laughs> one of the places was called the City of 500, and everyone was gathered on an auto racetrack. Racetrack, like, yeah. I'd rather fucking die than live there. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, you and I are diverging. I would (laughs) I would kill to have an address in 500. Shut up. I hate you. That is so, I cannot. Think of who lives there. Are you sure? Yeah, it's probably awful. I have to, I have to give that to you. But, um, but the fact that Tyra included a place called 500 is is great. We're at the Walker's Village and everyone's changing and showing their like Pikachus to everyone because nobody cares. That's a dancer's life and a model's life, I guess. You just change they're your pe- clothes. They're Pikachus? Yeah, they're vaginas. That's what oh I call vaginas. <laughs> it is true. That is actually a note of realism. People do just get changed all over the place in like yeah. the fashion and like the, in the theater industry as well. And the theater industry, which is why I have no problems with like nudity because like <laughs> I'm a theater kid and I was like, we need to fucking get on stage for this next scene and we yeah. have to change. I don't give a shit. Put yeah. on your Abraham Lincoln <laughs> Um, facial hair right now. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's um, Mr. Delacreme does give a shit, though. He has a whole inflatable <laughs> tent. And he, like, inflates it in front of everybody. They all, like, all get inside of it. And, oh, um, so they're, they're helping... They're helping they're, everyone. Brian Quincy included is helping the Miracle get ready, and uh, they go through Tookie's like bag of basically like her escaped goods, like the mm-hmm. things that she was going to escape with, and they find a pillow and flashlights. And uh, Creamy's like, "Oh, thank God, Tookie, you fucking genius!" Like yeah. Brian, quickly strap those lights to the top so for extra lighting. And like, oh, this pillow is perfect for Bellissima. Like, completely deflated. Yeah, completely deflated the tension of like <laughs> her. Like, what was the point? Of the fucking duffel bag being switched if it wasn't going to be a big deal later. No. She didn't even worry about it until right before nothing happened. (laughs) Like, well, because, you know why? Because Tookie got caught, right? Like, she gives up immediately as this Tyra about, like, any suspension of, like, you know, what might happen to Tookie. Because she she gets caught and therefore, like, we're just going to continue on. There's no no risk here, once again. Um, Also, I will note that as Tookie is, like, fastening up Miracle's bodice, there's, like, many small buttons and Tookie is very good at fastening them and I think it's a missed opportunity to mention her baby fingers well it says her small fingers yeah. so expertly they just didn't say baby fingers um, it was the one it was the moment of rest for us finally um, <laughs> yeah we, we've earned it also like I found it very unrealistic that all of the participants like there's so many people and all of them look confident and the only person in this entire fucking village who doesn't feel confident or happy mm. is Tookie. Of course. Well, it's her thing. You know, just like the obelisks. Obelisks. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen to me. She is architecturally interesting. She Googled. Her eyes Googled. Wrong now. (laughs) Fine, fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're even. Um, But she's she's just too interesting. We've been drinking because like. The fucking, like, from last time, last chapter, well, last chapter to this chapter, everything's just, like, unraveling. Like, oh my god, we so are unraveling I feel, I feel deeply unraveled. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, Speaking of unraveled, they bust the smize out, and, like, Creamy mm-hmm. holds it up, and it, like, casts... First of all, the smize's shape, like, is still really mysterious to me as a reader. I have since Googled it, and Tyrod made, like, she made, like smizes like prop smizes for her book launch so now i have a clear idea of like what she yeah. meant when she was describing it but i will say the text does not really give a lot of clues as to like what it looks like but it, it describes it endlessly but we still don't know like the shape of it anyhow creamy like busted out or like mr de la creme does i don't know either way creamy's like come here baby come to creamy she, she says to the smize as she moans in ecstasy and that just uh! grosses me out it is so weird it is so very weird yeah that she not only makes her children call her creamy yeah but that she there there's just this very weird veil of like sex sex sexuality mm-hmm. when it comes to creamy and like the way she reacts to things like no matter who she's interacting with <laughs> and i don't like it because it's it's villainized it's both villainizing a woman who is obviously sexual Without making her actually do anything wrong, but because we know she's supposed to be a villain, everything that she does is bad. Well, it's because she's what old, I mean? too, right? Like, it's because, like, we, we talk about, like, her wrinkles and, like, there's, like, all this, like, ageism sort of layered into, like, the critique of Creamy, right? She's evil because mm-hmm. she's old, right? Like, that's, like, a very classic and, I would say, problematic trope that appears in, like, fairy tales, right? Like, youth is sort of this, like, pure thing, but, like, the old are automatically, like, you know you know devilish and yeah. creamy sort of gets that treatment and so yeah the like extra sort of like sinister like sexuality to her is just another layer of, of sort of like the evil queen vibe that she gives off. right right like you can't be horny and a woman like it makes you evil like god <laughs> well forbid. well in this case she's horny for the smize <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know how far that defense weird. goes the smize sucks onto miracle's face it wiggles into place which is horrifying yeah and then as she walks out a gasp ripples through the crowd because miracle looks so beautiful one very strange thing Mm. about this chapter to me is that miracle feels like a different person like say more there's no data there's no her being like a like a baby version of a teen Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just her being like anxious and like beautiful and like like weirdly put together it felt like a very weird shift to me like i can see that like suddenly like miracle she wasn't rude she wasn't calling anybody like weird or dirty like she was just like super self-conscious and worried that like she wasn't gonna do well and it was a very strange shift to me because like i wish that she had been this way throughout the whole book so that we would care more about her yeah so i i totally agree with you and We'll get, there is a moment of vulnerability in a, yeah. in a second, but before mm-hmm. that, Mara Rupp shows up. Oh, God. Fucking in, in a harness. I he's, love this. Mara, he's fucking Mara floating Rupp. through the air like pink. Yes. He's, 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 like, just, <laughs> he's described. There's so many shrieks in this book. Like, I'm shrieking. Whistle. Claribel, I'm shrieking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
I'm gonna read bullshit this. man in a I'm going to read this to you. A shrieking whistle filled the air and all eyes turned skyward. A bowling ball shaped man with a full white beard and mustache, twinkling little eyes and a jutting chin wearing a white top hat swept straight down into the now empty square, supported by a harness. Took you recognize him as Devin Rump, the sixth. Oh, wait, Devin Rump, the sixth. Sorry. The mayor of Metopia. He's the sixth Devin Rump. Why? Yeah, mayor babe. Rump has been in business a long time. He's swinging around like a wrecking ball. I came in like a wrecking, wrecking ball. ball. Oh, oh my, my god. god, Mayor Rump. The I wrecking picture ball. him singing this song now as he like sweeps through the crowd. Oh god, he has a jutting chin, but also a full beard. So I don't know how we can see both of those things at the same time, but we but we, can. we can. He we can. <laughs> Because we can't. Anything's possible. Anything's possible um, when you have Tookie's mind. She can peer through facial hair. Right. There's council members there from, like, all the different ta- uh, t- quadrants, right? Pepper They're Pitter all Pitter. men. Oh, yeah, they are. With spouses. They're all married, unless, unless there's lesbians. But I really doubt it because, like, there is... the. I'm gonna say why? Why would why would there be any homosexuality in this book? Like we, we haven't. This book is not that. All we yet. have is Brian. Like the diversity <laughs> oh, yeah. in the in this book is like very lacking. Also, mm. because like all of the people of color that are described are also light skin. Yeah, and we haven't yep. seen any queer people either. The mental health rep, the disability rep, <laughs> all of it is like. On a scale from zero to ten, a zero. Oh my god. Horrible. Hello, stars. Are you there? Because Clarabelle's asking for you. <laughs> you really are <laughs> expecting a lot from, from one Tyra Banks. Um, I mean, a, come on. A little bit. Like, give us a crumb, Tyra. <laughs> Just a crumb of diversity. No, no, we don't get it. Um, but what we do what we do get is um, Mayor Rump goes into his... Mayor, Mayor, Rump, Mayor Rump goes into a speech, and he's... He's like, welcome to Metopia, the fashion capital of the world, which really made me cap, cap, oh my God, sorry, which really made me cackle because I don't know. So you didn't watch as much America's Next Top Model as I did, but every single season Tyra would send them to like some distant locale like Australia or Paris or whatever. But every single time, like she would surprise the girl, she would be like, you're going to Uzbekistan, the fashion capital of the world. Like <laughs> everywhere was the fashion capital of the world. And I used to joke about this all the time with my my friends in college when we would be like traveling we would be like traveling in like the Balkans. We'd be in like Bosnia and we'd be like, Oh my God. Yeah. The fashion capital of the world, Bosnia. <laughs> um, and to see this line show up in like Tyra Banks's book, just, I immediately texted a friend and we cackled about it. But yeah. So Metopia is confirmed as the fashion capital of the world. But I bet if you asked Tyra when she was in all these other places, like 500, they would probably also be the fashion capital. This reminded me of something very obscure. Mm. And uh, this might be like bonus material, but if anybody watched The Vow, which is about the <laughs> Nexium cult, it's based in uh, Albany. And at one point, the leader of the cult says Albany is like the Rome, the modern Rome, the, the, like the Rome of the modern world. Oh, gosh. And like, I nearly vomited. And that's what <laughs> that entire thing felt like to me. We get, this is a lot of like Effie Trinket energy. That's kind mm. of what I got from, from Mayor Rump. Like, and mind you, like the, the raffle or whatever it is, the raffle, it's not a raffle in like the Hunger <laughs> Games, like that, like deadly raffle that kicks off the whole Hunger Games. Like that happens really soon. 
I did a calculation and we're about 16% of the way into the book already, right? Like almost a, a fifth of the way through the book and we yeah. still haven't reached our inciting incidents and we actually won't reach it by the end of this chapter either. Like T-Dot does not begin um, within here. Like we are really moving slowly for a while. So slowly. So slowly. that shit fucking picks up the pace. Please. But, but yeah, it's, it's very, very slow and we're like, a hundred pages, about a hundred pages in, pretty much. (laughs) So Mayor Rump goes into this whole speech about like, who will be picked, which again, goes back to like my, what are the fucking beauty standards in this world? Mm. And why isn't Tookie considered beautiful? Like we don't, we don't know why. Um, And he's like, is this the year of the blondes, the brunettes? Perhaps it's a ginger season. And a ginger is like, me, me, it could be me. (laughs) It's Ed Sheeran. And Sharon screaming his tits <laughs> off in the crowd. And the mayor just keeps going. He's like, will it be tan skinned or rosy? I hated this. Epidermises. Uh, I hate it. And it's like, oh, the people who yell always happen to be right next to Tookie. Like, every single fucking time. The, yeah, it's the, so the, annoying. The, Tookie spends most of this book in, like, the like the peanut gallery or whatever that saying is. Like, just people commenting on, like, Metopia. She's always among them. Yeah, uh, this also happens a lot in Handbook for Mortals. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the the mayor is talking a lot of shit, and then he's like, but if you're not chosen, like, don't worry. Like, you can work in a factory. Like, um, holding a job in a factory is just as worthy of esteem as being an, being an Intoxabella. This, the mayor uh... paused for cheers, and he was met with dead <laughs> silence. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm like, finally the citizens of Utopia deliver a verdict that I agree with. I'm like, There no. are thousands of people here and nobody cheered for him. That shit made me fucking cackle. It was so funny. Are it is a Spongebob me? level punchline. It is so funny. Quiet. The What it reminded me of was if anyone's ever seen one of my favorite movies, Coming to America, which if you have not seen it, Ryan, mm-hmm. have you seen that movie? I haven't seen it. Ryan, I'm going to beat your ass. That's You're watching it right. with me. Okay. okay. I'll do anyway, it. Anyway, Coming to America, one of the best movies ever. There is a scene where they're at, they're at the Black Awareness Rally. And there's a band called Sexual Chocolate that plays on stage, <laughs> which is just Eddie Murphy in makeup, which is most of the movie, right? This was like the original Nutty Professor. He did yeah. the, he did that whole makeup thing playing various characters in Coming to America, which is from the 80s. Sexual Chocolate sings a Whitney Houston song with the greatest love of all. He sings the greatest love of all. Oh, my gosh. And then Reverend Brown comes back on stage, which is Arsenio Hall playing a different character. And mm-hmm. he says, he says, give it up, you know, for Randy Watson. That's what he, <laughs> his name is. And there's literally like this. Like, <laughs> that's the clap you hear. It's just like. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> It is so funny. It is so fucking funny because it's an entire gymnasium yeah. filled with people. And he says, yeah, one more time. Why is this so funny? Oh, man, we it are is... losing it. Oh, um... my God. Okay, anyway, that might be b- bonus content from the future because we that doesn't it, – it bears no relevance except for that's what I it do, is. I do want to watch that movie now. It is, it is so, Ryan, it's so funny. Um, anyway. Oh my um, god, anyway. 
Anyway. Anyway, um, so after that, um oh. miracle. Yeah. Do you yes. want to talk about this part? Okay, yes. This is so this is what I was referring to before. So yes, so there is finally a really tender moment when um when the the T dot is about to begin, the walking is about to begin, and Toki looks at her sister and feels a protective and loving rush. And she even sort of thinks to herself, like it's not Miracle's fault that their parents were horrible people. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. Uh, and like, yes, Miracle's not the best sibling, but she she wasn't she's, all she's bad. She's a child. She's, she's also a child. She, yeah, right. She's a child. And Tookie gives her, and this I think is critical, some reassurance. She says, you look beautiful. And um, she says she's looking breathtaking. She gives her some reminders. And the reason that I am so fixated on this moment is because this is the main thing that I think is missing from... Tookie's emotional character arc. I think that the uh, the really huge loss here, the, the thing that's like unactivated in the plot, is the is the bond between Tookie and Miracle. I think that Miracle's been sort of unnecessarily demonized in that Tookie should really have like a fondness for her that's been kind of absent literally until like just mm-hmm. like the last two chapters, um, and that's the thing that Tookie would maybe stick around for. For instance, like. Lizzie's begging her to go, but if Tookie had a more positive relationship with her sister, she would stick around to make sure that uh, Miracle is able to to walk in T-Dot and get selected and sort of leave this, like, abusive household, right? Like, that's a really noble pursuit for an older sister and a main character and a great reason to sort of stick around and also a really great reason to sort of deny yourself freedom and your best friend freedom so that your little sister who you know, has potentially much less recourse in this this society, has, like, a a chance at freedom. And that would make everything make so much more sense. And we sort of glimpse it now, but this is also me just, like, posturing on this, right? It's never actually stated that that's the reason that, like, Tookie sticks around, but it would make things make so much more sense. Yeah, and I... The fact that we have to keep sort of, like... Like wondering, <laughs> like wondering, and creating these scenarios that would make things better and make more sense, just yeah. make me feel like it just wasn't done well. Like, even if that was the intention, we should know that by now. Yeah, but we because only that's... have like this really unendeared version of Miracle to to work with, and so even if Tyra were to, at this point, be like, "This is the reason I stuck around," like it w- it wouldn't make any sense because Tookie's spent so much time just making her sister seem like foolish and annoying and something that she wants to escape along with everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, oh, we, we skipped over the fact that uh, Chucky in a roundabout way does ask sort of what's going to happen to her. Oh yeah, we did. She, she, she's like, uh, creamy. Um, she said softly after miracle is chosen, nothing has to change. Right. And then in italics, like, she's thinking, you're not going to send me away to some to become a factory dependent, are you? Like, why couldn't she just say it out loud? And then, mm-hmm. for the first time in her life, I think, Creamy is like, I have to honor my husband's wishes, basically. And it's like, all of a sudden, you need to honor what Chris wants to do when so you really bizarre. could not give a shit before, which is just like, maybe you don't give a shit about your daughter. You obviously don't. Just like... Just be honest. Like, that's not the reason why. Well, why not just say it? Like, why not just be like, yeah. Yeah, she's already factories. horrible to her. And also, like, they were all there for the fight last night. Like, like, like Tookie witnessed it. Like, Creamy witnessed Tookie witnessing it. Like, I don't know. This, like, coyness doesn't really work. And there's no reason why 
Toki wouldn't just be like, are you going to send me to the factories? Also, if Queen Mew would be like, yeah, I am. Which she basically does say that, but, like, for her to actually articulate it, like, again, it only sort of serves to give more attention and stakes to this, like, potentially failed escape plan. And it couldn't hurt the plot. It actually really make it a better plot. One thing that really bothers me is, like, she seems to hold back where she doesn't need to hold back. And, like, she gives us a lot of things that we don't need, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to hold back in in Creamy being horrible. She's already been the worst. Mm -hmm. Like, let her go ahead and keep being the worst. And, like, maybe tell her, be like, you'll be happier in the factory or something. You know what I mean? Like, she can justify it that way. Oh, but, that's a really good point. Yeah. Right. There, there could be an opportunity for, for Creamy to be like, you shouldn't be part of this or you'll be better off or something like that. Mary Rump has just said that it's as good as being an Intoxabella. <laughs> right. Which is bullshit. Clearly. Yeah, um, oh my God. Absolutely false. But okay. Chris keeps saying um, that um, this is our destiny. He, this is not the first time he said this. He's He's saying it to Miracle now. Like, you know, like, don't fuck this up. Like, this is our destiny. And one thing that I'm wondering is, like, what is the benefit uh, if your child gets chosen? Yeah. Did, did Have we ever learned about that? Like, do you get money? Like, is it just bragging rights? No, cause the, just because the world like... is so unformed. Because we have no idea what impact whatsoever the models have, the intoxibellas have on, like, the, gener- like, the general society. Even if society. they become rich or anything. Like, we don't know. We don't know. It's, it's unclear. Like, the political, the, like... The political system is unclear. Like, there doesn't seem to be any sort of actual, like, agency afforded to the Intoxicals. We don't even know who they are past, like, CL and the people that we just met. It's really unclear what, like, you get as a benefit of even being related to, like, a Intoxabella. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite confusing, I will say. Um, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I mean, Mayor Rump is, is like lives are about to magically change forever. Lives but, are like, about to truly, magically change. It is, it is magical thinking. Like from an author standpoint, like there, there's there's no hints as to what that may mean. But it's clear that in this is, is oh my god, it is clear that in this is oh my god, what is wrong with me? I know what's wrong with you. I'm You're so, drunk, bitch. I'm so <laughs> I, you know what? I I may be drunk and I may be hungry, but I'm drunk and hungry. That's true. Those are true things about me. Um, my point is, is that Mayor Rump ends his speech and then he is whipped into the sky. Because <laughs> he's in a harness. In his harness by like a giant crane while there are fireworks happening. And while he's doing that, he and- makes an announcement. <laughs> so then the le- the very last line of this chapter is iconic. This is I incredible. will say. Can you read it for us? So I'll just read the last a couple of lines. Tookie gawked at it, her hand in her mouth. When she looked back at Mayor Rump, <laughs> his harness had yanked him up into the sky once more. Fireworks continued to explode around him. And then from his dangling perch, the mayor uttered the very word everyone had waited for all year. Begin. I, I love it. That's the word everyone's waiting to hear. Begin. And then suddenly everyone's just running in the fucking... Where are... A parking lot? Where are they? We don't know. We don't know. They're at some, like, Ikea, just, like, walking around. They're at the Ikea parking lot. They're at the combination Ikea, pizza hut Ikea. and Taco Bell. Just, like, 
like why like like it's not even a quick start because they're walking right like they're not running it's not the they're not running in t-dot they're just walking oh god mm. the, the visual is so underbaked it's incredible all like the most baked thing i have is just mirror rump whipping around the sky <laughs> If they start, like, hitting each other as they're walking, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, oh, do you think... I, I, Yeah, I can't wait to see what the actual walking looks like. And I'm so that, excited for the oh, next chapter. I'm yeah, me too. I'm excited to be on so many <laughs> bottles of wine. Um, But that is the end of chapter eight. <laughs> God, okay. let, me, let me hear your... Well, I'll give you... You went first last time, so I'll give you my, my, uh, my rose and a thorn. Okay, okay. Go. so uh, my rose is, um, I like the exposition for the, the bubonic plague. I'm sorry, the, like the pilgrim plague. I thought that was actually kind of funny, like reading about, I don't know what even it was. Um, it's also sort of my thorn, but the, the, the weird like Greek chorus, it's return talking about the plague. I think it's going to be coming up soon. And so I thought that this was a, a nice way to sort of remind the reader that there's more risk here than simply being selected. If you're not selected, you could succumb to this, this, I don't know, terminal illness. So I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes and I'm excited to find out. I mean, this isn't a big thorn or anything like that, but the fact that we are so far into... Actually, let me start over. I think my big thorn is the underdeveloped potential of the relationship between Tookie and Miracle. I think that we sort of stumbled upon the fact that there could be a really good reason why Tookie would stay behind and not like actualize her own dreams and it's just far too late to really even develop that. I don't even think it's like on Tyra's mind as she's writing this and I also think it's the only thing that would really make the story make sense at this point. So that's my thorn. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, I'm gonna say my rose is the fact that Miracle felt like not a demon child in this uh, <laughs> chapter. She like, didn't say anything. Right. Like, she said a couple things, and, like, the things that she did say were, like, normal and, like, also, like, vulnerable. Like, I'm scared. Like, I'm nervous. Like, I loved all of that. I loved seeing her not being reduced to a speech impediment and actually being, like, a fully formed character. Like, not just one thing, but many, many things. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was good. That's fair. My my thorn... (laughs) Aside from the fact that, like, nothing really happened in this chapter, again, um, <laughs> I'm going to say is uh, Tookie's, like, complete lack of agency throughout this entire chapter and, yeah. like, the lack of tension. Uh, the the duffel bag could have been a whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, if, if you're not going to have anything else really happen, like, the fear of your parents discovering that you were about to run away... Which wouldn't have worked anyway, because they want her gone, right? Um, <laughs> right. But but the fear of them discovering that you were going to leave before your your sister's big day, which is like the only thing they care about, um, I feel like that could have really worked as like Tookie being scared this entire chapter, her being really worried or like doing things to keep them from opening the duffel bag. Instead of like immediately Brian opening it and then being like, perfect, a fucking pillow for Bellissima to take a nap on. <laughs> right. Um, th- that really was just like, what a waste. Yeah. So then what was the point yeah. of like making her 
bring the wrong bag like there's so many movies and like tv shows that center around like i brought the wrong bag from the airport (laughs) and like it becomes a whole moment and like they did that minus like the payoff so that's gonna be my thorn yeah that is such a specific thing to fix it on but you're so right (laughs) my god um so Thank you for sticking with us for two episodes. We're going to see what happens. Maybe we'll break these up. Maybe we won't. It's been an hour and 22 minutes. So maybe that's too long for one episode. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, We'll see. We have a lot to say. We we always do. Mm. We're chatty bitches. Um, (laughs) Maybe we'll release two episodes a week. I mean, that could also be a possibility for us, right? Oh my god, that sounds like so much. Work. Yeah, I was gonna say like before you. Who wants you to sign edit something? Celebrity Book Club? Call me. Yeah. Um, no. So if you want to follow us on social media, yeah. we're on uh, Twitter at Celeb BK Club, and we're on Instagram at Celebrity underscore Book Club. Uh, if you want to email us, we'd love to hear from readers. Uh, we're at celebbookclub at gmail and if you have comments on Muddle Land or want to send us your thoughts or predictions, we love to hear them. You can send us a voice note on Anchor, and the website for that is anchor.fm slash celebrity hyphen book club. Yes, and our website is celebbookclub.com, so you can find all the links to that, plus our show um, links, so you can listen on there too. We want to ask you to please subscribe on iTunes. Please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can subscribe anywhere. But if you leave us a review on iTunes, that will really super help us. (laughs) If you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And my website is ClarabelleOrtega.com. You can go there to find all sorts of information about me, my email, whatever you want, pictures, it's all there. It's all there. It's all good stuff, too. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Reality. On Instagram, I am at R-Y underscore L-A underscore S-A. I'm also on TikTok as Ryan the Room. And yeah, likewise, if you want to come follow along with uh, with my stuff, seek me out. I'd love to hear from you. Yay! Thank you, Hot Queens, for sticking with us for those two episodes. We love you. And we'll be back next Friday with another episode. Yay! Thank you, hot queens. Kisses.